Welcome to Laughing Your Mask Off, the podcast where we talk to comedians about navigating the world of comedy since the pandemic. I'm Katherine Cowan. And I'm Carly Palestina. And today we are talking to the amazingly hilarious swimming star, Laura Sogar. Oh, that rhymed. That's so fun. <laughs> Yay. Welcome. Yes, thanks for having me, swimming star. Hello, <laughs> Laura. <laughs> Look at me go. Uh, I can't swim very fast anymore, but one back in the day. <laughs> Actually, probably faster than most people still. Let's be real. Definitely faster than most people. <laughs> like, absolutely faster than me, which is a low bar, but it's still a bar. Um, <laughs> I'll take that- it. <laughs> On that note about like back in the day, um, so how did you get started in comedy? Like what's your background? Where are you from? Just the general. So I am, where am I from? I have an interesting background. I probably have a pretty unique background for a comedian. Um, I swam for 20 years which is a long time, probably about as old as you guys are. (laughs) And um, I... I'm from Rhode Island. Originally, I grew up there where I was swimming on Bluefish Swim Club. And, um, you, you know, swimming is your whole life when you're, when you're a swimmer, it's a, it's extremely immersive, if I may experience. Um, so that was my whole thing. And I went down to the university of Texas. I swam in college. I was lucky enough to compete for the United States. Um, on a number of different national teams, uh, went to world championships, got a silver medal. So I was like, pretty, you know, swimming is the only thing I knew. And, uh, after a while, your body gets a little older, you know, uh, you, you start your joints hurt a little bit. And I was like, I got to retire from this. And I, I always loved comedy. I was doing improv classes while I was swimming. Um, you know, my, one of my friends had done it and I was like, that sounds amazing. Started doing it. Um, had never really thought about doing stand up or I, I loved, I was obsessed with stand up. I used to listen to it all the time, like driving to practice and stuff like that. Um, but I never realized that you can just do it. You know what I mean? Totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah the sure. concept of actually just like going and doing it. I, I guess I knew conceptually about open mics, but I didn't know where to find them or anything like that. And, um, so I did improv cause I knew about improv. I knew what the process was there. I love syllabus. I like love doing classes, yeah. you know, a structured learning environment. That's just my, my, whew, I feel safe there. <laughs> so I did a lot of improv and I was swimming and eventually retired from swimming in 2016 and moved up to New York city with my boyfriend who was a professional comedian. Uh, we started dating actually in, uh, beginning 2016 and, um, after uh, a year or two of dating him, I was like, well, this doesn't seem that hard. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I, I was, uh, I learned more about how stand-up worked and I was like, well, I could, I should try it. And I tried it and loved it. And I've been doing it since. So that's the slightly shorter version of how I kind of got in the whole thing. That's awesome. Yeah. So cool. Um, yeah. So I want to talk to you a little bit about how, it's like, you know, I also swim in college. Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit about how your swimming career has influenced your comedy. Cause I know like for me, it's been a huge like factor to like kind of how I take like bombing and like different, like, I don't know, your approach to life is so different after being an athlete for so long. Um, so how has swimming influenced your comedy? Oh my God. It's weird because I, I really, I want to write about swimming. Do you have swimming jokes? 
I don't, but I have a list of like jokes I want to tell and swimming is a tab on there that I yep. have no content for. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the only person that I've heard been able to do, well, Matt does some swimming jokes, but they're more like swimming adjacent jokes. Yeah. And my boyfriend, Matthew Broussard. Did and then swim? Steve Rogers. What was that? Did Matthew swim? Yeah. He swam at, um, uh, swim Atlanta oh, in cool. high school. And then he coached, uh, the master's team at Rice. Oh, wild. Right. So that's kind of hard, part of the reason that we got initially connected. So yeah. he's a big, um, he loves the sport. Um, it's funny. I think he's like more of a fan of swimming than I am. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I like to swim, but I don't necessarily care about watching swimming. Yeah. You know, for real. <laughs> I'm not in the pool. I'm like kind of not interested. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, so funny. Um, so him and then Steve Rogers, and they're the only ones I've really heard be able to like, um, do swimming jokes yeah <laughs> um so but they're they're definitely I want to write about swimming I just haven't really done it yet I wrote one joke but it involved a pedophile and I was like <laughs> no if that's like <laughs> I mean I can keep doing it but um I so but I do think that swimming and like just athletics as a whole but swimming specifically just because it's so crazy it's so intense like yeah. if you're not familiar what what being a swimmer really entails you, you practice twice a day in a lot of the cases, like multiple times a week, you'll have, like my schedule was workout in the morning from 5.30 to 7.30. And then afternoon workout was from three to five. And sometimes we'd have weights from two to three. Um, it's pretty much every day um, in college, you'd get Sundays off and in high school, you did not, um, you'd have, you know, different practices, your schedule would vary a little bit, but you're spending like between two to four hours every day in the water, swimming back and forth. And like, the other crazy thing about swimming is it's such an in your head sport. You don't have any stimulation besides you're like, my body hurts. Ow, <laughs> stop. <Yeah. laughs> like it just hurts and there's water everywhere. And you're, you're literally staring at a black line on the bottom of the pool, like all the time. So while that's pretty cool, um, <laughs> it definitely gets pretty boring. So you're just kind of entertaining yourself in your head. Like, I don't know, like thinking about stuff. And I think that like, kind of, you know, self-reflective perspective helps a lot in comedy so being able to take that and then translate it into jokes and be like you know you really think about your day when you're just sitting in the water staring at the black line for hours at a time for sure um the other side that's like a little bit more obvious is obviously just like diligence and just going and doing terrible sets and practices day in day out and just understanding like this sucks but that's okay that's part of it, you know? Yeah. And, you know, comedy is wonderful. There are some really fun shows and making people laugh is like the best feeling in the world. But a huge amount of comedy is not that. Is <laughs> I'm sure like going to an open mic, like especially, you know, this year, especially middle of the winter, you're outside, it's like 10 degrees or something stupid. And you're trying <laughs> to make other comedians laugh and comedians like, for people who want to make people laugh, they hate laughing. <laughs> they hate it. They do not want to laugh. Oh no. So, true. <laughs> so um, yeah, just being able to go to that and just be like, Hey, it's part of the process. It's okay. And just having that like mental, not toughness is giving it a lot, but just like the resilience to keep going the next day. Even if you're like, well, that sucked. I have to go next day anyway. Cause it's like part of the process. Um, I think makes it, it's, it's, it's important. Um, I don't know how you would do it if you didn't have that 
I mean, I guess you learn that background in other areas, obviously of life as well, but for my own personal experience, I've only swum. So I'm like, yeah. I definitely translate very well into it. I was gonna say, I feel like I translate a lot of things into swimming as like, well, I put up with this then. So why yeah. can't I do it now? I also feel like it's kind of crazy how much like, like when you have a bad set or like a bad open mic or something and people are like, oh my God, how do you like handle people not laughing and then having to get like right back on stage? And I'm like, you can have a horrible race and you get back in the pool and race again, like 20 minutes later, like, what are you going to, you can't just be like, nope, never again. You know? So yeah. You can't it. just like throw a fit though. We definitely, I definitely know those, those swimmers who would, yeah. and you're just like, mm. it was really annoying when they would occasionally do well too. And you're like, you're like, like yeah. the whole half of this sport is mental toughness. Right. Right. You know, like yeah. it's a, I would literally give it about 50%. Like you can be super strong, but if you're like a big baby, like good yeah. luck. <laughs> Absolutely. No, and so, so true. And so yeah. much of that's in like comedy. I mean, that's really what you're saying where it's like, it's mostly mental toughness of people being like, you're not funny. And then being like, I'm, I'm going to keep trying to tell these jokes though. That's yeah, what you're like, but what if I was? Like, let's take. take that perspective into this next one. <laughs> Hypothetically, I'm funny. Okay. Try <laughs> not, no, still not. Okay. I'll go fuck myself and then I'll do it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll make it work somehow. Yeah. So exactly. Like, counterpoint, what if everyone laughed? I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hear me out. <laughs> but no, I think it's so interesting to hear from someone. I did. I, my sports career ended in middle school when the quali- the qualifier for doing it was not everyone is. Um, <laughs> you are doing it. That's the qualifier. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but no, I think it speaks so highly to how there's really no time for moping. No. And it's yep, just no. so important. So all of this, speaking of kind of staring at a, a black line, blank walls for a while, um, the pandemic <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. What have you been doing during the pandemic? How has your um comedy been influenced by that? What's been up? I know you mentioned you were doing some like outdoor stuff as well. So I think the pandemic was like obviously there were a lot of it kind of depended on what your living situation right was. Um I'm really lucky. I work from home. I actually worked from home before the pandemic. So I was like, well set up to just kind of carry on. And my, my job is with computers, like it's not going anywhere. You know what I mean? Um, so I was really, really blessed to have all that. So I was like, cool, thank God. And, um, but I'm still like, you know, trying to do the comedy stuff. Um, so last, obviously March and April of last year, like when the beginning of it, I think everything pretty much stopped a hundred percent. Zoom stuff started up pretty swiftly, probably like April, I would say. People kind of like were like, oh, we'll start, you know, doing Zoom. And that kind of became more and more popular. I did some Zoom stuff. I I've done a couple Zoom mics, Zoom shows that have been fun. Probably most of them have been horrifying. I don't know about you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like a one in ten is like a not. I want to, you know, drink a bottle of wine immediately after experience, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is fine. And again, the mental toughness, like that's a whole thing. But the second that um, it was available to go and do some stuff in person again, um, the whole thing being that we were going outdoors and doing stuff in person outdoors, I was like, yes, I'm doing that. I'm doing that 100%. <laughs> no more zoom, especially I work all day on zoom. I was like, I cannot, I just cannot look at the screen anymore. Yeah. So, um, I went really heavy into, um, doing stuff at like the parks. Um, I think especially in New York city, like you guys are around, like 
there were a lot of park mics that came up. There were Facebook groups that kind of were just specifically for outdoor comedy. Um, rooftops became really popular. The tiny cupboard open, well, they were already open, but they, I'm sure you guys have been. And for people who are listening, who don't know about it, tiny cupboard is this venue in like deep Brooklyn that has this awesome roof deck, um, you know, which is, has the most beautiful view of the Manhattan skyline. And um, they were able to do shows up there, like distance on a roof. So outdoor. So it was like a super safe environment to be perfectly honest. Um, But like they're, allowed you to do comedy granted it's still outdoor comedy so you had to make a ton of adjustments like at the tiny cupboard behind you while you're performing is the actual subway the actual (laughs) j train is running right past you in the middle of your set you're like yeah i did a set there the other night and literally in the middle of my set this woman standing on the subway platform starts screaming to the point where i'm like am I a witness right now? Like what is happening? <laughs> and I look over and she's just fucking with us. She's just, she's just trying to, she keeps doing it. I was like, this is, this is comedy. right now. <laughs> so like, I feel like in the before times we were so picky about what venues had to be like, we were like low ceilings, you know, little dark, a nice stage, good microphone, good acoustics, you know, like blah, 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 good area of town, like where people foot traffic, blah, blah, blah. And that's great. You know what I mean? And maybe that's like for the best version of comedy for an actual club. That's awesome. But I think the pandemic really kind of shook up the feeling like this is the only place comedy can exist. Instead, we were like, screw it. Rooftop with a subway and screaming lady. I'm there. I don't (laughs) care. Like, are you going to maybe laugh? Are your laughs going to be grabbed by the wind and thrown away? So I, the comedian will never hear them. Fine. I don't care. I'll do it. Part comedy was fun because you'd always like you know, start the park show. And then it was like just a lady doing her baby shower with a couple of her friends. And they were like, we're doing a baby shower. Can you not do comedy right now? And you're like, I'm going to do comedy. Screw your baby shower. And they're like, we're doing a baby shower comedy. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to keep doing it. And then they eventually start, they laughing. At you, yeah. you know? um, so you're like weirdly barking, but also doing your set at the exact same time. It's been <laughs> strange. Um, but I really liked it because I think just my improv background, like it was like, you got to yes and your environment like crazy. And it does allow for, you know, if you can command a, a, a room at a park, when you go to an actual club, like I did an actual spot um, on at the club. I've done a few ones now at Stand Up New York, like at their actual room. I'm like, oh my God, this is so much better. You guys are sitting and like here specifically with alcohol for comedy. Y'all will definitely laugh if I can get yeah. the the homeless people in the park to laugh, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. Um, so that was a really long rambly answer, but point being, it's like really shaking things up. But I, I think that I'm a better comedian for it. Would I, uh, like that to happen again? No. Uh, but I do think that there are a lot of really useful skills that came out of that time for for at least me personally. And the one thing I will say is that I kind of enjoy some of the park shows and park mics are definitely better than mics at gross basements where you have to buy like a $7 Sprite. (laughs) Yeah. I know. I love being outside. I mean, it's kind of, I mean, like, obviously it's not the same as like a club, but like, it's, it's so fun and it's different. And I told my dad, I did, I was doing, um, there's a mic on the like 86th street Q train stop. I don't know if you've done that one. I haven't. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fun time, but I was telling my dad and he was like, you are such an artist. And I was like, we just don't have other options. <laughs> I love that. I did a, a couple of shows on the subway itself. Oh, cool. And my parents were like, are you okay? Like, you'll <laughs> tell us. 
<laughs> you become like a street performer, which is fun, <laughs> but also when do we cross the line where we have to like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Wait, well, how did you end up doing that? Like was uh, Stand Up New York was doing, they were doing subway shows for um, a couple of months, actually. Like when there was really nothing, when it was too cold for outdoors and yeah. um, the obviously indoors was everything was closed. So we were like on the train and it was wild. It was crazy. It was yeah. uh, as crazy as you might think. <laughs> I've seen so many ads for those. How does that work? Was it set up? So it was like, oh, you have to buy a ticket and then you can come on this subway car. Or was it more of the street performer where it's like, this happens to be a stand-up New York show. Surprise. Yeah, no, I was the first time I did one. I was like, I thought it was going to be the latter. And I was like, listen, Laura, if you're a real artist, you can take anything. Like you go in that subway car and you make the people <laughs> like, are you a comedian or not? I'm like, I'm like giving myself a Rocky speech. Um, thank God it was actually not as much like the, the latter. Um, what Stand Up New York did is they basically had this as a ticketed show. Um, it was very, I think it was pretty cheap. The point being, they were like, we're all going to meet outside this specific spot and then go down on the same subway car together. So like the comedians and the audience would all meet at one spot. Then you would go down and take the last car on like, the, I think it was the two train. And um, so it would be a fair amount of people would be on that train specifically there to see comedy. Um, and it's also, you know, it's kind of a novel. It's a very New York thing, oh my gosh, to do a comedy show on the subway. So a the good thing is a lot of people were there anticipating a show. The fun, and, and this is kind of part of like the fun of it was that obviously this is just a subway, like running. So people get on the subway, you know, they don't pay attention. Like there's like getting on the train, but that was always kind of fun. It's like, if someone got on during your set, you're like, wow, comedy show. And you got to like, you know, play off their reactions to like, what's happening, you know? <laughs> and like, yeah. Or even better, the New Yorkers who just didn't even bat an eye. They're just like, yeah whatever comedy show on the subway yeah whatever like back on their phones like just could not be bothered yeah um my favorite was there was this like family of tourists which first of all why are you here in the pandemic <laughs> question number one and they were not like they were from I think they were from Mexico or something like they didn't speak English but none <laughs> so they get on the train it's like the parents and then two young children they have M&M bag stores. That's how I know that they were like, not, they were like, you know, Times Square, just like ready to go surround me and then start asking me for directions during my set, like in broken English. And I was just like, what's happening? What is this? <laughs> the audience is like, ha ha ha. She has to, this is so New York. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of fun. <laughs> like it's crazy though. Yeah. No, it's so wild. It's kind of a bummer. We want to have, we want to have fun things like that, I guess, when. I mean, what's, what's wild is you can keep doing that kind of stuff, True. but I will say, um, I'm glad I did it. Do I need to keep doing it? It's probably okay. I'm probably <laughs> all right at this point. <laughs> you take a lap, you know? Yeah. And... Yeah, absolutely. No, that's such a cool story though. Um, so then how do you, so you've been doing all sorts of wild comedy things during the pandemic. How do you think that the way that we've kind of adapted to comedy during the pandemic is gonna uh, like change comedy going forward. Like, or do you think it is, it isn't yeah. like, what's your take? Um, I do think, first of all, it'll definitely show the one thing I think it really, really taught like going into the pandemic, I knew I wasn't like a, a you know, 
club comedian. I'm not passing at a bunch of clubs or anything like that. And also even the clubs were closed. And I was like, if I want to do comedy during this time, I, I have to do it. Like it's on me mm-hmm. to, um, you know, build your own future or whatever. Like if I'm going to want to do a show, I'm going to need to produce that show. And that's kind of really all that comes to it. There weren't any shows. So um, my friend Rachel Lander and I actually, you know, I think it was last end of June is when we started planning. And the first show I think was in July. Uh, it was like the summertime and we were like, well, there's all these outdoor patios and they just let loud outdoor dining again. We're like, why don't we do a show like outdoors? Um, and we found a bar and the bar allowed us to do it in their backyard, which was actually a pretty sick little backyard um, in Bushwick or yeah. East Williamsburg. And um, we started a show. So, and the show ended up being super successful um, and we've been running it ever since. And now it's Brooklyn underground comedy. We're at, we've gone to like five different venues at this point. Um, we're running it. We're starting twice weekly now, actually starting in May. Um, but point being, I think like that mentality of, you know, there's a system, you go to mics and then enough mics, you go get booked on shows and stuff that kind of got erased. Cause it's like, even comedians who have credits from late night sets aren't getting booked because there isn't anything. So if you want something to happen, you have to make it happen for yourself. Um, so I think that's one of the, the mentalities I think people really learned through the pandemic. And I think that like kind of self-reliance will probably go forward. Outdoor mics, I really hope those stay. I love them so much more. I, I freaking hate basements when it's nice out. I yeah. don't want to be. It's like we only have a couple of months of, out, of good outdoor weather. Like, let's go and do that. Um, and uh, holy crap, there's a lot of podcasts now. So I think a lot of those podcasts, which is cool. I mean, but a lot of people started podcasts during the pandemic. I did too. I uh, actually, ironically, I started, we did one right, too. <laughs> I started one. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. I started one right before the pandemic, which was uh, it's called Cheetah Stand Up 2. And it's basically about starting comedy as a, a woman with the backdrop of my, my boyfriend. I do it with him. Of mm-hmm. He's been doing comedy for a really long time. So kind of like the perspective and we like talk about experiences um, through it. And like, we do some interviews as well. But point being, we, we started this podcast where we were like, it was going really well. And then we were like, oh, pandemic comedy is dead for a little while. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, um, and then I started another podcast with um, one of my good friends, May Planner about business news. And it's just, yeah, point is, it's like, make your own stuff. Like that mentality has been super ingrained, I think, in the people doing comedy this time. Yeah, for sure. No, it's crazy. It's also like, I kind of don't want to go back. I mean, of course I'll sometimes go back, but like, I, I like the, like, let's all gather in one location and just like have a good time doing a mic, like no drink minimum, yeah. no, like paying for it. Like it feels a lot more like a community I that way. Yeah. I completely agree. I think that those other things will probably come back, but I do think that yeah. we'll hopefully have the addition of like people like realized you don't need to be in a yeah. venue right. for a mic. Like it's and, fine. Yeah, no, I feel like there's there's really just been a resurgence of like love for what you're doing because yes. the world shut down and then it was, it really became, okay, in no world is, am I gonna like make it or get paid right now? Even if that ended up being like true or not true, whoever you may be. Yeah, it's no started- pressure. Exactly. There was no pressure. It was just like, you know what? I'm going to do it because I like doing it. And I feel like that's the energy that has the mics outside. And it's like, Hey, let's yeah. just like make each other laugh right now. Cause like things can be silly. Which yeah. Is yeah. Nice. No, I totally agree. I it's, it's kind of cool in that way. Obviously like 
I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad to be through it. There was a couple yeah. months like that, <laughs> those winter months where I was like, you know, adding in the element of me being bone frozen, like so cold. I was like, I cannot with that anymore. Yeah. Um, but the summer, the summer stuff, the ones when you're outdoors and it's in the park or something like that, I'm like, this is pretty fun. You bring a beer, you know, the, yeah. be able to drink. And I'm like, this is great. This is a good time. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like we're all just friends. <laughs> it's also so much easier to just like talk to people and hang out with people. Yeah. When you're like, it's light and you're sitting on the grass, you know, like Absolutely. you're not like at tables and like separated in the dark. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's, it feels a lot more like, I don't know. I feel like I've made a lot more friends through like yeah. random mics and stuff. Yeah. Like no, I completely agree. Completely agree. Um, yeah. So no, it's been, it's been super, super fun. So you talked a little bit about how you've started a show. Um, we'd love to hear a little bit more about what else is kind of coming up the, the line for you. What's that? What's that phrase? Down coming the road. Coming to, uh, is that what it is? Well, there's yeah. one that's down the road and then there's, i I don't know what on the line is. On down the up the I don't down know. Down the line. Down, down no, the I line. Think you were right. Yeah, like up what's the line, line road? The road the line. line. On the line road. On the line road. We're going, Laura. What is <laughs> happening? What is happening? Um, just we've got a lot of stuff going on, actually. Um, I think once I realized that I could do everything myself, I, I kind of took that and ran with <laughs> a little bit too much sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, hey, Laura, why are you literally booking? Like, why are you putting so much work on your plate? Um, but I enjoy it. Um, I, so I'm still doing the two podcasts. My, one of my podcasts, Risque Business News, which I do with May, is um, we're adding in a, a show at the Asylum. Um, cool. Yeah, the Asylum About Theater. You, I'm sorry? Is it a comedy show about the podcast about business, right? It's a podcast about like crazy business stories. So okay. it's about business news. The whole reason is both of us work in um, sales and we like get ex- like experience with a lot of different random companies. And some of the stories are literally insane, mm-hmm. but there's no one talking about them because they, no one understands the stories and they require some, a lot of fair amount of research actually to be able to like get what's going on but once you do it's literally the like the stupidest shit you've ever heard. <laughs> so we were like let's do a podcast about like all the scandals and like the money loss and you know random yeah. stuff that occurs in the business world and it's been so fun it's been so so much fun um it's still pretty young it's only a couple months old but we're starting a show in combination with it uh just a stand-up show um at the asylum theater where, um, we won't necessarily do like business, like it's not the podcast. That's a pretty structured thing. Um, but it's just kind of a chance for us to like riff on whatever's going on that week and have some of our favorite comedians perform. Um, yeah, so I'm excited. So we've got that coming up and, um, then I have Brooklyn underground comedy, which is chugging away. We've been like in timeout, New York, like it's growing. (laughs) It's kind of fun. It's we've sold out like a ton of shows. Um, so people are excited to go out and do comedy, like watch comedy. So that's been fun to be able to provide. And, you know, we know a lot of amazing comedians who are like, we'll watch them. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's been fun. Speaking of amazing comedians, um, what is the best piece of advice you've ever gotten, um, or advice you would want to give other comedians who are like up and coming? I think, um, I feel like sometimes people get the advice I wish I could give myself at least. So obviously everyone needs different lessons, but for me, it's like, just start, you know, don't worry. 
so much. You don't have to be perfect out the gate. Just start, just go do the first mic. If you're thinking about doing a mic, stop, go tomorrow, go tonight, you know? And it's like, just do it. Cause once you do it, the ball is rolling and you can, you know, it doesn't matter if you fail spectacularly, you will, you know what I mean? Just be like, it's okay. You're gonna, you're not funny right now. You're probably never going to be funny, but you can keep working on it and eventually make people laugh like, and like more and more. And, um, so I think just like that sense of urgency, like do it as fast as possible or as soon as possible. And obviously there's like limitations to that, but you think about launching a podcast, launch it, screw it, put it out there, you know, create stuff and just like, don't make excuses for not creating things. I think the pandemic really, really drove that home, but like, don't wait for someone to give something to you. Don't wait for it to be convenient. Just, just, just give, if you want to do it, do it. Um, yeah. And the rest will figure itself out. I think that's such great advice because I have had so many people where like, like I'll say like, oh, I do stand up, and they've been like, oh, I've been dying to do stand up for so long. And I'm like, just do it. And then so many people are like, oh, but what if I do badly? Like, you I'm like, your worst case scenario, you're talking to just a group of people. Like, yeah, worst case. Scenario. Also, it's just like, just accept that you're gonna do badly. Everyone right. does. It's right. okay. Hysterical right off the bat. That just no. doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just go. Or the other thing is like, I feel like just go on. If you just go watch a mic, you're like, Oh, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Most you can do a mic. You'll be fine. <laughs> right. There's like a weird, like intimidating air around it, I guess, for people who like, don't are not involved in yeah. stuff. Which, like, Oh my God. I will say, actually, maybe I take that advice back because like, I don't want any more people in comedy. So like, don't do it. <laughs> it's just full, we're full. It's occupied. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> don't bother. Um, never mind. I take it all back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need any more competition for spots, folks. <laughs> yeah. No, no more. We're, we have enough comedians. Thank you for listening to this podcast, but don't even think about doing comedy. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah. Like, thanks for listening, but no more. <laughs> it really is just such good advice to be like, stop making excuses not to start yeah. because the sheer number of people that like, just like what Catherine was saying, I don't know what, why I'm restating it, but just the number yeah. of people that are like, ah, maybe one day it's like now but you're never going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think that, I mean, that is like, obviously we're putting it in the co- context of comedy, but it's like literally for everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much just general life advice, you know, like just, you know, make, get the ball rolling and it'll work out. That's how everyone starts something. There's, if you have, if you feel prepared to start something just out the gate, then you probably are starting like years too late. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah absolutely. Um, hundred percent. Um, okay. So just to, we're, we're running out like our approximately our time now. Um, we, is there anything you want to, um, promote to have our audience go check out? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, um, if you are interested in business news, but feel like you're too stupid to understand what's going on, that's kind of how I felt. Um, listen to my podcast, Risque Business News, or I also do the podcast She Does Stand Up To with Matthew about like, you know, comedy. We interview comedians as well. Um, and then for shows, like I run, the show is going to be at Asylum, um, my Risque Business one on Wednesday. We have an incredible lineup this Wednesday, actually. I think this is coming out on Monday, right? Yes. yes. Mentioned? Fantastic. Well, two days later, if you are in the area, we have an incredible show at Asylum Theater. It's got um, Jay Jordan, um, Corinne Fisher, um, Matthew, and um, 
Um, holy crap, I'm forgetting the last person. And I know they're incredible. So I'm going to kick myself. Point being, come to the show. You'll get that last surprise person who's on the lineup. May and I are um, hosting and um, yeah. follow me online. There's a lot of other random stuff. I'm always doing things. Um, Laura Sogar is my Instagram handle. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, well, thank you so much. Oh, Carly, you're going to say something? Oh, no, no, sorry. No. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> you guys are so polite. I am obsessed. With men, they're just like, bah, 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 bah. Yeah. <laughs> stop talking. I'm talking. That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I see that on like on um like feedback mics all the time because I feel like I'm like, oh, no, sorry. I think you were talking. And like, guys, are like, I was talking. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, my I God. Know, feedback mic, I would be like, my feedback is, oh, no. I am way <laughs> one man gives me advice. I'd be like, my feedback is you should go fuck yourself. <laughs> or like, or like, okay, wait, that's not productive. <laughs> yeah, no, wait, wait, funny story. Before we close on our podcast, I was on a mic on a, on a feedback mic once. And one of the, I told Carly this right after. And one of the guys goes, I have some feedback. Just make it funnier. Oh, and what's his feedback. name? Please. Let's just fucking air it right now. I, I, wish, no, I, wish I have no tolerance for this shit. Nope. <laughs> I wish I I should have written it down and been like, I will email your mother, sir. I will email her. (laughs) Email your mother. You guys are the best. What's a goddamn feedback? (laughs) (laughs) It's like not even productive feedback. It's like, if you thought it wasn't funny, then like, what about it? Yeah. Oh my God. I literally killed this. (laughs) I was was like, are you, oh, he also prefaced it by going, I don't mean to be mean, but which I feel like is the worst preface. Yeah. I'm like annoyed now because <laughs> I'm like you are meaning to be mean like if you think it's mean then just like all right if that guy's listening go fuck yourself <laughs> and um quit comedy because you're you don't like not you. cool yeah we don't like you you're yeah. probably also not funny let's <laughs> goddamn I'm real <laughs> all, right. all right yeah so on that note yeah now we're all fired up this has Woo-hoo! been fun thank you guys so much for having me um I'm excited to um see how this all goes yeah Yeah, thank you so much for coming on thank you for listening to laughing your mask off if you enjoyed this podcast please subscribe and leave a good review to keep up with our hosts follow katherine at katherine.reagan spelled r-e-a-g-a-n and carly at carly palestina on instagram see you next week